Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. It's always exciting to give to the Lord. I'm excited. I grab my phone right. My wife said give, and I text my, my giving for the morning. It's such a great option to have. It's not for everybody, but I like it. I enjoy it. All right, who's excited for the word this morning? We've been in this series. We've been in this series of Bide, and, and there's been some awesome things I've been talking with people about. And, um, and, and so I want to dive in a little bit. Uh, here, and this is kind of part three of our series, and uh, some of the things we've been kind of dissecting has really been, uh, some moments have been the ouchy moments. You ever have one of those moments where you hear something, you're like, oh, okay, that's me, that's me, I need to work on that. And then you have other moments where you're like, wow, that's awesome, you know? So it's been a mixture of both those things, and I pray that's what it's been for you, uh, that God has been blessing you and encouraging you to abide in him, to take time with him, uh, to not avoid um, that quiet time, because we are categorically so thrown off when it's quiet, right? Isn't that true as a culture? I think maybe some of us are like, I wish it was quiet in my house. But let's be honest, when, it, when, when some things get quiet sometimes, you're like, something has to turn on. Turn on the TV, turn on music, turn on something. And I've been there, trust me, I know, I know what that's like, because I operate where when I'm studying, I actually have some sort of ambient um, music or something working in the background. But what, what happens is uh, we get so caught up that we want to hear the next thing all the time. So my prayer is that you would hear from heaven this morning and in uh, and, and this part three of this series, Abide. So last week we talked about how we have to process discomfort or pain, and process that as not necessarily signs that are bad things are happening, but possibly that good things are happening. We often, when we feel discomfort, we think, I feel uncomfortable because something bad is happening. But we learn through the, through, through the uh, word of God here in John chapter 15 that Jesus was very clear. That when the vine dresser comes by and he's trimming, right, and he's cutting back on things, he's cutting back because there should be growth. Are you with me? And because sometimes we look at discomfort as something wrong, but God also cuts when things are going right. And he cuts some things out of our lives. And so what we look at is what looked very different from week one, doesn't it? If you look here, we, we've got some things that have grown since last week, right? And so what we often look at is often the smaller decisions, the smaller cuts lead to bigger things and, 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 and fruit in our lives. So the quote that we used last week was, often the smaller decisions bring about big consequences, Sometimes it's a good consequence, sometimes a bad consequence. We also talked about how every difficult uh, thing we encounter indicates that there is truth to be learned. 
right? Sometimes we go through something in our lives and we think, how or why am I going through this? Well, how many know that God uses that to teach us something? And all that's telling us is that there's truth to be learned. And if we go to that next slide, the other thing we learned uh, last week was to abide in Christ is both a restful residence, right, where we have peace, but it's also a desperate dependence. So when you rest in him, you say, you know what? Here's the rest. You ready? I don't have to earn my way to heaven. I can rest assured that God has got me. So I have this restful residence where I can come and I can say, you know what, Jesus? I can abide in you, the vine. Right? And I can abide in the vine. And I have that restful. How many like rest? How many are ready to take a Sunday afternoon nap? After the service, don't do it now. We have ushers on standby with with plastic snowballs to throw at you if you fall asleep. (laughs) Some of you are like, somebody, you missed somebody over here. But we had this restful residence, right? In Jesus, we can rest. Why? Because we don't have to earn our salvation. We don't have to earn our way to heaven. Nothing that we do can earn us heaven. So we have this restful residence. But here's what we also have. We also have on the other side, we have a desperate dependence on God. We depend on him. Because he's our source, we can't work the miracles. So we have this dependence. There is where the world disconnects with the church. The world doesn't want to wait. The world doesn't want to hope. The world doesn't want to depend. I will get my own. I will do my own. And and we've all wanted that prodigal promise, haven't we? I'll do it myself. I'm strong enough. And darn it, I am beautiful. I will do it myself. I will follow through and, man, I'm going to. And then we fall apart and then we're like, yeah, I didn't work very well. I didn't do too well. That desperate dependence. And then the last thought is a thought that I actually want to introduce to you this morning. It's simply this. The vine dresser is the father. We know that, right? The hand of the vine dresser is never closer than when the vine dresser is cutting back. The hand of the vine dresser is never closer than when he's cutting back in our lives. So you can say, you know, I, I feel a lot of pain. Guess what? The vine dresser is close by. That doesn't mean that he always wants you to have pain. Well, here's what he wants. He wants blessing in your life. And sometimes, because we're residing in this sinful flesh, there's some things he wants to cut out of our lives. And so, my thought and my sermon this morning, I want to bring a bit of great news to you. And I want you to say this with me. Here's the message title. Your pain won't remain. Say it with me. Your pain won't remain and so that's my promise to you that God is very clear that when he clips 
There's a point where he stops clipping and he allows you to grow the fruit that he promised he would allow you to grow if you would stay long enough attached to this vine. So there's a place called the Hampton Court in a, British, a small British town where the largest grape vineyard in the world is located. It was planned in, uh, planted in eight, uh, 1768 and is now over 250 years old. And if you look at this picture, the root of this base in the vineyard is over 12 feet. And the vine stretches for over 120 feet in length. And in fact, this vineyard, the same root, the same 120 feet, that serves over 750 pounds of grapes annually. That same, same vine. And so... With those luscious grapes, guess what had to happen in order for those beautiful grapes to grow on that vine? Guess what had to happen? There had to be somebody caring enough to cut. Somebody caring enough to cut. Now, we often don't realize that God cuts with precision, very specifically. But we think God is out there like a... Well, that taught them who's boss. <laughs> Multiple people are leaving the sanctuary right now. They're like a Puerto Rican with a very big knife. That's just... <laughs> we think like God is out here like... Come on, bring it. I'm going to show you who's boss. How many know that God doesn't need to show anybody who's boss? Do you serve a big God? Come on, do you serve a big God? He's big whether we admit it or not, whether we like it or not. But he ain't out here like a crazy person snipping everything. That looked like me when I got the hedges last summer. My wife's like, those hedges are too big. I'm like, I'll show him who's boss. My wife will said, ne never, never hold that thing again. <laughs> she took him away and gave me this. She said, now go be nice and play, play fair. <laughs> but God cuts with precision. God knows exactly where he needs to cut and why he needs to cut so that you can bear the fruit you need. He needs to cut. Right there. He needs to cut that. So that you can bear the fruit you're supposed to bear. And, and he's saying bear fruit. He's saying bear fruit. But guess what? We think we're supposed to focus on the fruit. We're focused on the pain. Some of us are focused on the fruit. Some of us are focused on the pain. God says focus on me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Branches don't focus on anything else but that vine, that, that source. 
And so that vine that I just spoke of in this picture, there's no way that vine could have ever become what it was or what it is even today. 250 years later, 750 pounds annually of grapes, it provides for all of the customers. It would have never got there unless there was somebody behind the scenes trimming and pruning appropriately. Now here's, a, I gave you a math equation some weeks ago, but it was, it was not really math. It was us plus us is no fruit, and us plus God gives fruit. But here's another equation I kind of want to lay out to you, and it works like this. Leaves lead to fruit, lead to pruning, lead to less leaves, which brings us more fruit. And we talked about how more leaves bring more shade, which allows less light to come in. So there's times that God has to cut back some of these leaves. And if you look, this looks very different than it did last week, right? Because we had to do some cutbacks. Some like, something I know about cutbacks, Pastor Tony. <laughs> we had to do some cutbacks. But this cutback was so that this week we would have fruit. You with me? And so... Here we are, pain now, fruit later, but the pain won't remain. Somebody say with me, the pain won't remain. You see, in the vineyard, this is how it works. The branches reflect the beauty of the vine, right? Those, those branches and, the, and all that and the fruit that comes out of that, they all reflect. In Christianity, the believers reflect the beauty of Christ. That's why he's saying bear fruit. We reflect the beauty of Christ in our lives. And so the vineyard shows us that example, doesn't it? These two sharp objects have the same goal, to cut. But one cuts with precision and one cuts in groups, in mass quantity. God is very careful with you and he loves you. Some of the trials you're going through feels like this, doesn't it? Like just utter chaos, stuff is getting all, I mean, when it rains, it pours. Come on, somebody. Yeah. But sometimes there's pain in our life that we think is going to hang around forever. But I want to tell you this morning, your pain won't remain. Your pain won't remain. Now, we've been looking at John 15. Turn in your Bibles to John 15. John 15. Is this helpful teaching, anybody? Because it's been blessing me. I've been, I've been blessed sitting back, learning as I, as I kind of in, in, in walk through this process myself. John 15, we've been looking at multiple verses and we went through several of these verses in through almost verse 8. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Listen, this is proof that you love him. This is verse 8. 
That's verse 8. Before we get to verse 9 on the screen, before we get to verse 9 that we're going to talk about in just a moment, verse 8 tells us real simply this. Bear fruit. <laughs> Bear fruit. This is, this, is the, this is the sign, right? This is the sign and the proof of discipleship, fruit in your life. So let's look at verse 9. Because there's four thoughts in this thing before we jump into that. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Everybody say in you. Not joy next to you or behind you or that person that's singing and you're not. And you're like, yeah, they got joy. I'm just kind of along for the ride. No, God wants you to have joy in you. He wants you to have joy. So that um, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be what? Full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And that's part of not just our t-shirt and our wall and all this stuff that we got going love God love people is scriptural hello love God love people is scriptural right so we are to be God's billboard to the world because we're walking around not just saying it but bearing fruit by the way we love one another so this passage showed us four separate things and here they are in a nutshell each verse showed us each of these things verse 9 10, 11, and 12. Four lessons that is taught us. Watch this. Number one, Jesus loves you and the Father as the Father loves Jesus. Real simple. Verse 9 clearly told us that. This is not rocket science. This is something I'm telling you that I just want to remind you. Verse 9 told us that Jesus loves you as the Father loves Jesus. That's a lot of love. Anybody know that's a lot of love? Number two, it's important that we stay close to Jesus. Verse 10 said, basically, it's important that we stay close, abide in Christ, right? Then the third thing it taught us was simply this, Jesus wants joy in you. How many know that Jesus wants joy in you? And then the fourth thing is simply this, love others like Jesus loves you. I was doing really good up until that point. But I just, <laughs> Pastor, you were hitting it, and then you said something crazy. Uh, have you met my coworker? <laughs> you ever met somebody that's hard to love? Nobody pointing fingers, nobody pointing fingers, nobody pointing fingers. Somebody that's hard to love, somebody that's hard to like. Somebody like, I love you, but I don't like you right now. It's happened. No, it happens. But here's what God called us to do. You love like Jesus loves you. How many know that you weren't always lovable? <gasps> Newsflash. There are times in your life that you weren't always lovable, but Jesus loved you anyway. Some of you are shocked. I'll let you, you know, gather yourself for a moment. And as you gather yourself... Some of you uh, should have received one of these. If you got one of these, wave it, wave it like this. If you got one of these on the way in, you got a little bookmark. We got, oh, look at that Pentecost happened right over there. It's amazing. Some of you are like, hallelujah. I've been waiting for one of these for a long time. I want to I wanna feel so Christian right now. 
That's why I have a, a hand, a hand, I don't, a hands-free headset, so I can do crazy things like that. Sometimes they're like, Pastor, just use the microphone. But we provided a bookmark for you with the six simple thoughts I want to leave you before I close here in just a few moments. I want to leave with you some very important elements that I believe happens when we respond to pruning the way God wants us to respond to pruning. Now listen, pruning is what? What is pruning? Cutting back. Is it cutting off? No, we learned that, right? We learned cutting off means done, thrown in the fire. God is not cutting you off. He's cutting back. Because there's certain things that if we allow it to grow, come on, if we allow it to get in that, if we don't cut it back, it's going to affect the whole branch. And that, that's, that's the real primary job of the vine dresser, to find what things are in your life that, are, uh, that could potentially affect the fruit from coming out of your life. And so he says, how can I stop that thing from affecting everything else? Cut it back. It's going to hurt a little bit, but in the long run, you will be better for it. And so we provided for you here this morning our response to pruning. We put a little bookmark together for you guys. Put it in your Bible, put it in whatever book. But this is from us to you, and this has the six thoughts, simple thoughts. They're real simple. They, they got a, a thought and then an afterthought. And here it is, number one. Who's with me? Who's got it? Everybody got it? If you don't have one, just raise your hand. I think our ushers will have a few left over in the back there if you didn't have one. But the first one is simply this. The first one is our response to pruning is gratitude over grumbling. We can sit back and go, ouch, that hurt. God, you hate me. You don't like me and X, Y, you know. All these things. But you know what? Sometimes if we could just say to ourselves, God, you, you cut back because you love me back. You cut back because you care about me. Because you want fruit for my life. And guess what? The fruit doesn't just benefit God. How many know that fruit in your life benefits you? When you walk around representing Jesus the world needs that hope. And so that fruit doesn't just affect, like it doesn't just bless God, it absolutely does. But guess what? It blesses those around you and it blesses you. Gratitude over grumbling. Choose not to grumble, choose gratitude because we recognize the love of the Father. We recognize that it's God's love that's allowed us to be the people who were called to be, the fruit that we're allowed to show because we've been cut back. Raise your hand if you've been cut back on once in a while in your life. Something, something hurt you, but you know what? You're better from it. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You're better now than you were before you got cut back on. You're better. You know how to handle life. You see, my wife and I decided before we had children that we weren't going to isolate our children. We were going to insulate them. You get that? Not, let's keep them from the world, God, because the world is all ugly and nasty. And No, you know what we told them? We're going to tell them what we believe and why we believe it. We're going to tell them that the word of God is real. 
We're going to tell them that Jesus Christ died for them and they have promise. We're going to tell them that they have hope. We're going to tell them that they are the, 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 the carrier of hope to somebody around them and that somebody needs to hear the, the gift that they have in their lives. And somebody has to, has to walk in the promises that, 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 that God has given them and why not them? We told them all these things when they were little. In fact, when I drop my kids off, even today, before they come out of the, before they leave the car and I pull up in the school and they get in and out of the car, you know what I tell them? You have promise and you have a bright future. Why? Because the world's going to tell them a bunch of ugly things before I see them again. And I'm going to plant a seed in their life. So even now, and they, and they look at me, yes, dad, yes, dad, you know that. Thank you, dad. I'm like, man, that was a spiritual moment, but that's okay. I'm just planting seeds. I'm just planting seeds. I don't expect them to be like, really? That's awesome. Like, I don't expect them to say that. I'm, I'm doing my job, and I'm spreading that seed. I'm planting seed in their life. And one day, they're going to realize, my dad, he used to tell me. And you know what they're going to do when they drop their kid off at school? You have a promise. And a bright future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because I, I'm, I'm planting seeds and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm allowing that because one day that's going to bear fruit. Who's with me? Gratitude over grumbling. Number two, humility over haughtiness. We live in a world that's not very humble. We live in a very haughty world. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, submit to the timing of the Father. Submit to the timing of the Father. Why? Because he's submitting to the time of the Father. You know what? Jesus will return. And you know what he said? Only the Father knows. So don't get, don't get haughty about it. Don't get prideful about it. Get humble and understand we are his and we are subject to his timing. And you know what? We don't know when that fruit's going to grow. We don't know when that. But when it does, God, 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 God will show it to us. Stay humble. Stay humble because the moment you're not humble, you know what happens? Something gets into that vine. Something gets into that branch that will start to eat away at that, at that, that branch, causing the fruit to not grow the way it's supposed to. So be humble. Number three, compassion over comparison. Compassion over comparison. Instead of comparing your life to somebody else, why don't you have compassion and show them what it means to live life abundantly. I live my life under the subject of the cross. Whatever the shadow allows me to experience under the shadow of the Almighty, I'm blessed by that. And you know what? I'm going to turn around and help somebody else find the shadow of the Almighty. I'm not going to be like, look at me and look at you. And then when I'm going through rough times, how did you get that? I want that. I want to, and then all we're doing is comparing our lives to somebody else's life. You know what? That will never bring you a good joy. Like, that will never bring you joy. You sit your life comparison, in comparison to somebody else all the time, comparing, comparing. You know what you should have? You should have compassion. Stop comparing and start living in a life of compassion. So whether you're the person that's got the high road or you're the person that's here, and they seem like they got it all together. If you have Jesus, you have everything you need. If you have Jesus, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more rich than some of the most billionaires in the world. And, and it has nothing to do with money. 
I have a wife who loves me and I love her and I have a family I love that loves me back. I have, I, I have everything in life I need. I have the forgiveness of the Savior and a wonderful church community to come to every week. Guess what? There's nothing I need. That's, my wife tells me, you're really hard to shop for. You know why? Because honest to goodness, I'm like, I don't know what I want. I'm good. I have everything I need. Oftentimes we want to compare. I don't have what this person has. I don't have it. You know, why don't you just focus on compassion and let God bless you whenever he wants to? And that's all part of living this life, right? The abiding in Christ. is, And, and you know, that's what he's talking about when he's like, I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Did you know that's not like a, a, like a planet fitness verse? Some of you are like, I can do all things. That's great. God bless you with that. But that's not what that verse means. And some of you are like, oh, man, I got a tattoo and everything about that. <sighs> Is there a way we can erase the weightlifting guy next to that verse? Listen, listen. The verse is the verse. I can do all things. Yeah, it could mean that. But did you know when Paul was actually speaking, you know what he was speaking to the church of Philippi? You know what he was actually saying? I can, any, anything that comes my way, no matter if I'm short or not of, of things, I, I, I don't need things. I, I can do all things. I can endure. I have everything that I need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's that sense of understanding that what I have is what I have. What I don't, I don't. But it, what if I focused on the things I have instead of the things I don't have? That goes back to number one on gratitude, right? But let's move on. Number four, application over apathy. You know what? Press on to know God in the midst of discipline. Apply what God is teaching you. Instead of being like, oh, this is horrible, and this world is horrible, and I don't care about anything. It's just I'm so much this and so much that. There's so much pain here. And so, you know, that, that apathetic approach to life that you don't care about anything or anyone, how about you just understand that whatever's happening to you, look at me, whatever's happening to you can turn out for the good. To those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So how about instead of me getting angry, how about I start applying whatever it is I can learn from it? Look at me. What if I start applying what I, have, what I can possibly learn through this? Numbers five, accountability over isolation. Involve the community in your growth process. Can I tell you something? I'm so excited to see the, all the life groups that are, you know, are, are meeting every week and the, the, the things that are happening in those groups, the conversation pieces that are happening. Involve the community of faith in your growth process. If you haven't been connected to a life group, man, find a way to get connected. We have a wall right now with a bunch of different life groups. And there are a lot of different midweek opportunities. Um, we're watching the Chosen series. We're doing a bunch of different things. Listen, there's opportunities for you to connect. Find a place because accountability will supersede and blow up isolation. How many know that isolation is not a good thing? 
When we start to isolate ourselves from the world, what happens is, you know who's speaking to me? Me. You know, you're sometimes your own worst enemy. That's called the enemy in me. You're your own, that self-talk. And a lot of times it starts like it's just you, but guess who's feeding that self-talk? The enemy, Satan, Lucifer. There's a lot of names for him. And he is feeding that. He's feeding that thing in your life, and you don't need it. And you know where it gets fed? In isolation, because there's no other voices. The voice of truth, not allowed. When you're in isolation and you don't allow the community of believers to speak into your life, <clears throat> I got a call recently from someone, and I told him this. I said, I'm so glad you called me, and I'll tell you why. Because there's times we don't have faith to believe for something. But when you call somebody and say, you know, can you pray for me about this? You know what you're doing? You're borrowing their faith. And sometimes we need to borrow each other's faith. Is that right? How many ever called somebody because you were lacking faith, but by the time you were done with that phone call, you were like, I'm better now? Maybe not 100%, you know, not, and maybe you're still struggling with some things, but you're better now because somebody injected with faith. Now, let me ask you the opposing side. You ever spoke to somebody and after speaking to them, you feel worse? That stuff is infectious and toxic. So you have the power of life on the tongue, don't you? Like a rudder on a boat. That thing is little, but it, boy, it'll destroy if it's used inappropriately. So you have the ability in the community of believers to have accountability with one another. You know what? If you struggle, tell somebody, I'm struggling. And you can get through it. If you're struggling, you're isolated, guess what? You got to get through that, and it's not going to happen in isolation. And the sixth and final one, your response to pruning should be simply this. Hope over discouragement. Hope over discouragement. You know what? There's times that I sit around, and, I, and I'm like, God, I'm not exactly sure why you cut back, and I know I got fruit in my life now, I see that, but man, did you really need to cut there? Because man, that hurt. Look at your other hand to help answer why he's doing what he's doing on the other hand. The fruit will help us go, you know what? I'm I'm a walking example that God still loves me. So when he cuts back, I'm just going to have to hope and believe and trust that the reason why he's cutting is because he has this in mind. He wants to bless me in abundance. He wants my life to be fruitful. And you know what? Who, who benefits when your life is fruitful? Your spouse, your children, your coworkers. The people in your role right now, everybody benefits. So when you, when you feel like you're being cut back, you know what you need to do? Hope over that discouragement. Say, you know what? I can choose to be discouraged or I can choose to hope. But you can't do both. Trust the unseen purpose of God. 
in your life. Amen? How many want fruit in your life? Be careful because what you're saying is, okay, God, you could cut back some things. Some of you are like, you should have led with that. <laughs> Don't ask me if I want a blessing then when I'm halfway up. And then I got to like, sharp left. You mean pain? Wait, time out. No, don't. Should have led with that, Pastor. Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now that there are times that God prunes and it don't feel good. But here's what I look forward to. The fruit that God has to use me. Bless somebody to be a blessing to someone who needs it. So my final thought is simply this. In closing, I want to close with an illustration about Benjamin Franklin. It's a true story that happened. Bearing fruit. It has to do with bearing fruit in Christian discipleship. A life well lived and a more effective witness is shown in this story. Benjamin Franklin learned that plaster sown in the field would make things grow better and grow more luscious. He told his neighbors this. Media team, help me out. He told his neighbors this, but they did not believe him, and so he argued with them and told them, and he tried to prove to them that plaster would be of, um, he tried to prove to them that plaster, putting that in those areas would actually help for growth, for that grass and the grain to grow. After a little while, he allowed the matter to drop, and he didn't say anything more about it, but he went into the field early the next spring, and he sowed some grain. Close by the path where the men would walk to get to that grain, he traced some letters with his fingers, and he put plaster into them, then sowed the seed on the field. After a week or two, the seed sprang up, and his neighbors, as they passed that way, were very much surprised to see in bright green, brighter green than all the rest of the field that they planted, in writing in large letters, this has been plastered. This has been plastered. And so for years and years to come, they would be forced to see the brighter green this has been plastered. He tried to tell them, but sometimes telling us is not enough. You've been there? So he decided to show them. Sometimes... God tries to tell us, get rid of some things in your life. And we don't. And he's like, okay, well, in order for you to grow, you want to grow, right? Okay, yes. I need to cut back on some things. And what God does sometimes is he trims those specific areas. And then when we least expect it, we have fruit. Today, I want to tell you something. Don't focus on the pain because pain won't remain. Focus on the promise, because the promise is his. The promise is his. 
Somebody say the pain won't remain. So when you go through your life this week and you got something that happens you didn't expect, tell yourself that. The pain won't remain. The pain won't remain. Because the promise is always there for growth. You see, he never allowed you to go through pain where growth won't be the final result. Because he's going to see that and cut back and do some things so that you will be beneficiaries of his cutting. Now, the cutting that he has is not with that thing. It's very precision, very specific, so that at the end of the day, we can stand there saying, Father, this fruit was not for me. It's for you. You love me so much that you gave your only son for me. Thank you for the son. How many are grateful for the son of God? How many are great? I said, how many are grateful for the son of God? Amen. Stand with me right now, if you would. If you're able to stand with me. Would you pray with me a prayer that allows us to see the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives so that when we bear fruit, we can take it to him and say, Father, the only reason I can bear fruit today is because you love me first. How many agrees that he loved you first? When you were lost and you were broken and you were shattered and your life was a thousand pieces on the ground, he picked up every piece and he put it back together. Now you're saying, Pastor Tony, I'm not fully there yet. None of us are. Newsflash, none of us are. But here's what we do know. We do know that he's a good God and he desires for us to bear fruit and he's with us even to the end of the age. So Father, I pray for every person at the sound of my voice here or online, whether listen to a podcast or watching live, Lord, or in this room, I'm asking you that in their life they would bear fruit. Lord, our focus is not the fruit. Our focus is to stay faithful and stay connected to that vine. Lord, we're the branches. We, we are completely dependent on you. A desperate dependent. Lord, we take that restful residence with you as we abide. And I pray today that in every one of our lives, we would love God, love people, change the world by the fruit which we carry. May our hearts be on fire for you. That we would abide with you because we want to, not because we have to or because you told us to and we're like, okay, God, finally I'll do it. But really because we want to, because you loved us first. So today I pray, God, would you allow us a beautiful option of loving you and handing you fruit that remains. The pain won't remain, but the fruit will. I'm asking your blessings upon us and our families that we will live the way you call us to live in Jesus' name. And everybody said... When you go about your week this week, make sure you make a decision to love God, love people, and change the world. I want to remind you, this upcoming Sunday night, 
not, not yes, next Sunday, we'll, have, we'll be here again for service. And then Sunday night of next week, we will have Vision Night. Vision Night, we're going to talk about what God did in 2022, the exciting numbers. Listen, you don't want to miss this. There's some things we're going to share with you that God did online, testimonies, and, and what God is doing with freedom. And God did with freedom in 2022. We're going to talk a little bit what God is doing right now and what God will do in the future. We're believing and believing God for great things. Amen? How many want to see great things in 2023 and 2024? Yeah? He's doing great things. Now, this is, a, uh, this is the one thing that we require from our covenant partners every year. It is required for our covenant partners. But it is also something we strongly, strongly encourage everybody that considers this their home church to be at. If this is your home church and you're not yet a covenant partner, that's okay. You need to be here too. We want you here. We at, we're asking you to be here. So I'd like to see a crowd like this next Sunday night in here and just come and gather with us. We're going to worship, testify, share some numbers, some things. It's going to be exciting things. And also, we'll be praying for our next bunch of covenant partners that have decided to make freedom their home church and the place what they call home. And we'll be praying over them and blessing them. And also, we'll be honoring one of our board members that are coming off and a, another board member coming on uh, at freedom. Okay? So God bless you. We'd love to see you come be a part of that. Stop by the Connection Desk and the Life Group Wall. Have a great week and have a great Sunday. Blessings.